All right, here we go. It is podcasting time. Glenn Power is here from PowerWorks Automotive. We're talking cars, and you won't believe this one. I'm at the pumps. <laughs> Fill it up. We know what's called, man. 230 dirhams later. Okay, so that's not bad. And the guy's looking at me, and he's going, you want some uh, injector cleaner? And I'm going, yeah, dude, I don't need it. He goes, old car. And he goes, old cars need it more than ever. And I'm going, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I know, it's terrible. I know. I mean, 20 years in, and I've said this before, Colin used to work for the company that made that stuff, or one of the companies. I think it was Red X. Yeah, yeah. So we need to get him in and just ask him to explain himself, really. Yeah, it's, it's his doing. Did he ever tell you the story about Red X where he, uh, unbeknownst to him, changed the entire market? And the sales of Red X because there there came a point where they they needed to they didn't have the cans so he authorized Red X sales in a smaller can which then caused a, a, a larger problem because all of the shelving was made for a nice. specific size cans that he then unilaterally just said I'm just making a different size sounds like a Colin thing <laughs> I've seen his I've seen some of his vehicle purchases dealt with the aftermath. No, no. Like this thing. is this is an interesting one because Colin went through a little bit of a purge, uh, and he's now he told me he's no longer driving the patrol. He's driving a Nissan Armada. Armada. Thoughts? <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, right. The Nissan Patrol, beautiful car, and it was the Y sixty two. So it wasn't the current one that looks like the um, uh, old Infinity used to look. Yeah, you know, it didn't have yeah. the flat back with the muscular bumper and the and the, the chrome strip across it, which made it look like an Infinity. Nice car. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Armada. I've got a couple of friends that swear by them. They're old school though. Yeah. Like the Armadas and, and are not. They're there's just new about those. Such a great name for a car. Oh yeah, an amazing name for a car because one of my friends we go out if we're going in the desert for a barbecue. We'll go with him, and he's got one, and he's just like as soon as it starts to get a bit soft and loose on this on underfoot under tire, just foot to the floor well, and that, just go. That's what you have to do. The Armada's are big. He's like, heavy. well, it's you know very long, so it's, if it bottoms out, we're we're kind of you know waiting for that rather than hoping it doesn't, and then we just go flat out and hopefully drive through the dunes yeah. with the momentum rather than get stuck on trying to go over them. And invariably it works. Yeah, yeah. I've seen him tow a trailer with a sand buggy on the back about seven kilometers in, not let his tires down, just gone flat out. Right. So, um, I know, like I say, I know people that swear by them and they are good. Those Armadas, they are very, very reliable. So he's not driving around in a black one or it's, it's, he's back to gray still, right? I think he's black or is it dark blue? Okay. It's not yellow. We did a bit of work on it when he yeah. first brought it in. Yeah, he seemed happy enough with it. He seemed... Uh, there's a bit of a charm to them. Yeah. There's a, there's a no-nonsense side. So I preferred the Titan. So you remember the Titan yeah, pickup, yeah, which yeah. was kind of based yeah. on the Armada. It just had no back on it. Right. Just a flatbed. I did like those Titans. Um, but we, we don't see many of those now. Well, and, and you know, this is the thing. We might be seeing those in North America. We might be seeing those in other places. I doubt we're seeing them in North America. Fuel prices have gone through the roof there yeah. too. But that's the, the sort of, the, as we said, the pickup version. And they are, they're just harder to get here. In fact, they don't sell the Titans here. No, we used to get a few. We used to get a few when they were AAA. Yeah. Well, people import them. And then yeah. the dealer won't work on them because, well, we don't work on that. Once they die, they die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, we, we get the... Um, we get plenty of Armadas in, and yeah. there is just a kind of no-nonsense charm which the okay. patrol doesn't have, because the yeah. patrol, at the end of the day, is a big off-road car yeah. which just kept added, kept having things added to it. Another piece of leather <laughs> that's not fitted properly, and then another bit of wooden fake plastic there, and let's put a, let's put fully electric seats in it and let's make them even heavier and even heavier and even heavier and now let's put massive alloy wheels on with diamond yeah. cut edges so that they look awful when you curb them <laughs> or take them in the sand so it kind of lost its yeah. purpose mm. the, 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 the safaris Although, but hold on there are patrol owners who'll go that is what I love well exactly no problem with, with that but what I'm saying is with the Armada it's like the Partridge family bus that's what I think of the Armada no sorry when I think of the patrol I kind of so now everyone's going to be googling this the Partridge family 
and get a look at their bus, the Partridge family bus. It, okay, it's a little of a, a bit of an exaggeration, but I think of the way people are dealing with patrols and all the stuff that gets added to it. It's just a Partridge family. Yeah, bus. and my my kind of my point was that you wouldn't necessarily think, ah, oh, you know, take the Armada out in the sand and take right. the Armada Older off road, vehicle. because there's less to break on it, and it yeah. isn't as well presented, and never was, even when it was new. Yeah. Even yeah. when they were new, they weren't made to be a, a locker. No. It's got a kind of a funny shape, right? Yeah. And you can see why that... Very sort of square and square long and, and straight. It, it, it sort of comes out, and then it curves back a little bit. And even when you look at the profile, so it's weird. So I, yeah. I, I just like that there's a bit of a charm mm-hmm. to the Armada. So I, I'd take an Armada over a patrol because I'd be too scared of damaging a patrol. They got to that level now with the nice shiny wheels and the chrome trims and plastic bits here and there. But yeah, he's, um, I mean, the other thing with the Armada is if it breaks, it's not a 200,000 dirham car, is it? Yeah. No, you can buy an Armada for 25, 30k with reasonable mileage on it. It's a 5.6 litre V8. We're talking Durham's here, by the way. Yeah, Durham's, sorry, yeah. This is a really affordable vehicle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for the same price of a tank of super petrol in the UK you can buy a Nissan Armada <laughs> <laughs> so you know I, I mean it's that the word I, I think is to sum it up is to go back to where I started they have a charm and, and, it, and it's something that you don't really get it's kind of a no nonsense no frills vehicle and it's it, it almost sort of owns what it is and it's like yeah yeah I am what I am mm. which is cool mm. Congratulations, by the way. There's a cake on yes. the table here. We have passed the 100th podcast yeah. of Powerworks. Wanted to put candles on, but civil defense, yeah. right? none of that. <laughs> so we've we gone with sprinkles and sparkles. Courtesy of my wife. Red, favorite color. There um, we go. And that's just a nice coincidence. Yeah. Are you a chocolate icing on chocolate cake or a vanilla icing on chocolate cake? Probably vanilla. Okay, then it was a good choice because I would have gone with chocolate, but then Amy's thought, chocolate, chocolate. Yeah, I'm yeah. chocolate, chocolate. And then I thought, oh, I just don't know. I don't, you know, I, I hate to mess around with that. Yeah. So I thought, safe bets, vanilla. Before kids, we went to the Heart Fort Hotel. Oh, I love that place. And I do as well. And, and actually, it was, we went down to the breakfast the following morning of the first night. And Amy was like, oh, there's chocolate muffins on the breakfast spread. Couldn't believe her eyes. She was new here. She'd only been here a <laughs> month, maybe. Yeah. She bit into this chocolate muffin, obviously a bite-sized one. Although saying that, chocolate, when it comes to Amy, bite size can be a full bar. She bit into it and it had red berries in it. She was horrified. She's like, the only thing you have with chocolate is chocolate. <laughs> yeah. So she'd be all about the chocolate. Yeah, okay. Well, she's going to love this then. Yeah, yeah. So, c- congratulations. We've done a hundred of these. No, there's a knife in there, so we'll cut you a slither yeah, off. A slither. Oh, yeah, a slither off. I have to, to do that. Um, Interesting, we haven't talked about the chip situation in a while. I was just looking for it, and then I noticed on the notes that well, you've got the same story that I was supposed to send you, and then I sent you the podcast link instead. So this is, this is I found this really interesting. So I was listening to the news this morning, so I'm not going to date us where we're in the midst of the war, or what, there's not another thing you can call that in the Ukraine and Russia, and where we're you know, two two years plus in, someone say COVID's done. Uh, not in China, they're mm. they're still they've got the zero COVID policy, so they're still locking down. And I was listening. I don't know. Okay, they're locking down big cities, and then and then they said, well, they're locking down not only the big cities, but currently they they got some ridiculous number of cases in their manufacturing cities. And I was I went whoa, and they're going yeah, where all the cars and stuff are manufactured, they've locked them down so that people are not going to work. And I'm going, oh, this is not good. No. And the where that sort of kicked in was well, yeah, they're manufacturing stuff, but it's also where all the chip things happen. So we've already got a chip shortage. Now we've got people not in the factories again making these products. And so what do the car companies do? And that's where this great article popped in saying, you know, car companies are taking the bull by, by the horns. And what have they done? They're just cutting out features. Yeah. <laughs> Anything that needs chips that they don't need, they're just With eliminating With the offer them. to retrofit. Yeah. Buy them at a discounted price without them and then come and get them fitted afterwards. Yeah. Or, you know, you know and, I, and I was looking at, say, on the F-150. So Ford came up. So I'm looking at the F-150. Say we're taking the auto start stop off. So that thing that you have at the lights comes on, comes off, comes on. Come, we're just like, not going to put it on. Or, or there was another vehicle where they were they took out the rear, the controls in the rear of the, the cabin for air conditioning and heating and that. They've just taken it all out. It's not there. And I went, 
Do you really need it? We got used to it though. So that you know, peak of the summer, the F one fifty is a great vehicle. So it's supposed yeah. to be a utilitarian. We kind of yeah. just been talking about that with the Armada yeah. and the Patrol. The Patrol just got very very fancy, and in the UK we'd call it a Chelsea tractor. It never goes anywhere. <laughs> but the F one fifty is still a utilitarian vehicle. Yeah. So if you haven't got electric rear seats or electric rear AC controls, like, who's bothered? Exactly. Start stops a bit of an annoying one. That's the only one I don't really like. There's the whole it's not safety related, so we'll remove it. But start stop is totally, totally, especially today with the cost of fuel. I think on, a, on an engine, think people need it. Like really, because I, I just I find it annoying. So on you sort of have, now this is a, this is fifteen years ago when right. we first started to see start stop on all the VW models being introduced when I was doing the training. Yeah, fifteen years ago. Uh huh. Um, we had the uh, an average engine size for the VW brand, not for the group, but for the brand, was 1.6 at the time, I believe. And they said on a 1.6 engine, and we did one at that time, it would be efficient to switch the engine off if it was going to be left at idle for seven seconds. So you'd save fuel really? after seven seconds how you switch the engine off. See, you're the first person who's ever given me a quantifiable time and savings. That was a 1.6. That was an average engine size that we actually made. Yeah. And after seven seconds, if the car was at idle, it would be better to have switched the engine off and then start it. If oh. you switch the engine off for three seconds and then start it, you'd have used more fuel than had you just left okay. it on idle um so they're not perfect but invariably in traffic and stop start driving you are stopped for longer than seven seconds and then therefore when your foot's hard pressed on the brake and it switches the engine off you stop burning fuel okay and therefore you don't waste as much fuel ah. so i'm not very happy that they're taking that feature off that's the only thing yeah but for me the f-150 is a good truck to to do this on we might see electric windows gone back, back to the armstrong my kids love manual windows <laughs> who doesn't love manual i mean i used to have I, the dihatsu i had had electric windows in the front manual on the back so it was a small dihatsu syrian so it was easy when you had to open up the back window you just yeah. kind of lean over and you do it but it, it's, there's nothing it, it's it's just fun i can't remember it must have been a van it must have been one of the vans that we were in and they were winding the windows and may was like <laughs> looking to try and and i knew what she was looking for to get the window down and i tried to i had to explain to her that you move the hand they're just constantly up and down yeah. up and down with it <laughs> it's, it's fun yeah. yeah those are gone we don't need electric windows we don't need electric seats no we uh, don't heated steering wheels we, we don't, don't need. need any of this so yeah. get rid of those chips repurpose them for something else yeah hey you know the other thing that i i i just can't wrap my head around is why there are still people on their mobile phones driving like not not even in a school stand. bus went past the school bus he's on it yeah oh is that there was there was the assistants were there with no children not that that makes it any better no but still yeah. the, the guy driving the school bus he, he, yeah people just and it it's it i know the phones are so they're like magnets they're like candy magnets you just you got to look at it you bing bing got to see what the messages come from i just don't care if i'm driving it's like oh you didn't get my message i was driving <laughs> yeah <laughs> really it's really important call me but i'm not going to pick that up either so yeah. but i'll know to look when I'm, i mean you could have the bluetooth on the jeep but you've got no roof or windows in it so you yeah, don't hear anything I, anyway no and you know what i i just find even with going with bluetooth hands-free you're so distracted still i sometimes have to turn the radio off when i'm driving yeah because I can't concentrate in the traffic, especially no. when I'm doing the school run and like yeah. there's oh. two children having two different conversations <laughs> with me. Like you can't, you know. So yeah. then you got three cars trying to get into your spot. Yeah, it's yeah. like you know, got yeah. the kids. I remember, I remember those days. I, I remember pulling over and having to get out of my car just to like, oh, okay, <laughs> hold on, I got to get back and concentrate. At the end of the street, yeah, you've only just left. Yeah. Like, yeah, guys, guys, yeah, you're killing me. No, no, I, the, the 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 car and being on the phone. We spoke about when a few about a year or so ago when Nissan said they'd made a, a compartment that you'd put the yeah. phone in and it wouldn't it was fenced off so it couldn't receive yeah. any any Wi-Fi or data signal which is fair you have still got to put the yeah. phone in there and I understand the safety aspect of well you can't make vehicles impregnable to signals because sure if you have a problem you need to be able to use but. That <laughs> mobile technology wasn't widely available 30 years ago when we managed. Yeah, I know. So, so yeah, I, there's I an argument both ways. A vehicle could be 
you know, there could be an, a, 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 a time that you'd be able to and need to, just like when you need your airbag to go off, just right. like when you have a inertia switch to shut off the fuel if your vehicle's had an accident, just like you have a, 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 a pyrotechnic tensioner for your seatbelt in an accident, you could have a system which would then allow signal if you need to make an emergency yeah. phone call. Or people you know, could just stop using the darn phones. Or there could be a button <laughs> that if you're going to need to use your phone, you have to press it, but you can only do that when you've pulled over to the side yeah. of the road. Yeah, that's... Stopped uh, in park, brake on, handbrake on, then you can use your phone. Yeah. Why can't we do that? Well, I, no, no chips, I suppose. No chips, no chips. that's why. Yeah, yeah. We don't have chips, we yeah, can't yeah. do it. Once the chips come back, we're going to have all sorts of things. Yeah, I, I don't see why that's not done. And you know what? If you were to take somebody like take a VW or a, or a Peugeot Citroën group or one of the European big car makers that you would associate with 17, 18 year olds as their first car. Yeah. If you're making a decision about buying a car for your child and in your, such a position to buy them a new car, yeah. that to me is a massive plus, right? If you say, well, hang on, I can go and get them a Polo, which they won't be able to use their phone while they're driving. Or I can get them another vehicle which they can use their phone while they're driving. Hmm. Yeah, it's like a no-brainer. Yeah, Ford do it with their keys, right? You right, can yeah, have yeah. the My key on a Ford, so yeah. you can set maximum speed. And yeah. Great, great idea. Just go one step forward with that and make it so that nobody can ring them while they're on the in the car. Makes perfect sense. It's perfect sense. Yeah. yeah. In fact, the ch- you don't need the chip for the <laughs> no. phone mirroring on the screen of the... 12.7 inch LCD touchscreen <laughs> in the dash. You don't need that anymore because yeah. you don't need the phone features. So you exactly. could just use that to do the. There we go. What are you going to geofence it or whatever you're going to call it? Yeah. yeah, they're listening to us going. We're never going to do that. No, no, <laughs> no. no, because because they see it's a sell it's a sellable gimmick. Yeah. To say you've got all of the phone connectivity in the world. Yeah. You know, there's Netflix on them. Yeah, I don't understand. There's Netflix on them, but you got no rear rear screen, so the Netflix is coming in on the front screen. And, you know, you're driving watching, you know, Ozarks. You know, like, come on. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and then, you know. <laughs> there's, there, there's no, sometimes there's no explanation beyond capitalism. Yeah, for sure. And it's just a matter of, well, to have it, we'll sell more cars than not having it. Yeah. Well, here, here. There's no explanation. The Audi A7L that's only going to be sold in China. Well, they're making a thousand. I think it's going to be a massive hit, and they're going to make more. But do you think they're going to export them outside? I mean, we get so many Chinese cars here. Yeah, it seems to me like yeah. this. This is going to be the place where people are going to own them. Yeah, they get that. What was the VW one I sent you the other week yeah. as well? Yeah, they get all the good cars. Well, and you get it. Like VW is looking. We've got a giant market. Yeah. of people to potentially buy cars. And even if only a few of those gi- people in the giant market are buying cars, they're still selling more cars in, in many other countries. Those thousands will have sold already. Oh, can you imagine? Nice looking car. I mean, it looked a bit... Well, it's um, funny because when you sent the picture, I'm going, A7, that's a hatchback. And yeah, then the what they've done is they've car. made this into a... It looks yeah, a bit like an, S, an S90, doesn't yes. it? Volvo S90 yeah, yeah. with the square back, it's but it looks really looking. nice. And then now they've, they've made it into a sedan in China. S7L, yeah. yeah. I wonder if that's because they... Maybe they can't furnish them with enough A8, enough A8s. I imagine the A8 sells well over there. Yeah. And obviously they're maybe just looking to get something that they can sell in in, in space of where they would normally be selling the A8. I don't know, but it, it, it makes perfect sense. Maybe the saloon is alive and kicking over in China, whereas the rest maybe. of the world is SUV. Maybe, I don't know. But... I, I, it did strike me as a little odd when they were talking about the the seat. You know, they they've made it a little bit longer, so it'd be yeah. interesting the handling. And that's of course because they're saying you know people in China, generally speaking, who are owning these cars, they want to they want to be chauffeured around. They yeah, they're sitting in the around. back. Yeah, they're sitting in the back. So as long as you don't have a really tall Chinese person, they said the the headroom's a little lacking. But if you're not really tall, then yeah. it works out really well. And I, I mean, I, like I said, I haven't been in one, so I don't know. But it sounds it sounds like it could be. Pretty nice ride, and it's got all the same spec as the Sport Pack. I mean, it's fast. It's got you know your yeah. two liter, three liter engine. It's it goes you know your your typical thing five point six seconds to hundred kilometers an hour. Like who who needs to go that fast anyway off the light? But you've got it, and you've got all the the beauty of an Audi. Yeah, I, I totally see the point of that car. Looking at it, yeah. 
I don't see why it won't go beyond China. I think maybe China's a good market to test how well it does, and then maybe after that, start producing them. Obviously, they've got the partnership with SAIC and in in terms of production, and they're going to produce engines and vehicles there. Maybe it's just a little try. Let's okay. Let's see what they can do with yeah. this, and let's see how well it turns out, and then let's get it across the rest of the world. Who knows? Yeah, no harm, no foul. We're going to try it in China. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, they'll sell that. A thousand <laughs> of those would take them ten minutes to sell, won't they? Oh, we get so many Chinese cars here. I just don't see why we wouldn't get a few of those dumped on the market here. Why not? Yeah, yeah. You never know. You know as long as they can GCC spec it, and I don't see why they can't do that. It'd yeah, be great. Yeah, be a lot of fun. I saw I saw a Chinese car the other day. Nice looking, I, you know, and I, I couldn't, it just looked nice. It was like a, you know, a sport SUV, mini SUV thing, whatever we call that, yeah. that market. But it was the first time I've ever seen a Chinese car where everything on the outside was in Chinese. The name of the car was in Chinese. The 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 maker of the car was in Chinese. And I'm just going, I have no idea what it says, but a nice looking car. Yeah, there's a lot of the few of the Dubai taxis are, the, is it the Hong Ki, Hong Chi? Yeah. And they're all Chinese. Yeah. Um, model name, manufacturer name. Could be what it is. I, and I, it just struck me as like, wow. I mean, it was really pretty script as well. So mm. I'm like, okay, that's really nice. But, yeah. But there's, you know, we, we've got so many Chinese cars now in our market. <laughs> this car's going to come here. It's got to. Well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Well, I mean, I guess the folks over in El Nabuda, they wouldn't be too happy unless they're bringing it in. What well, I think if it was going to go anywhere after the Chinese market, I think the Middle East is a good one for it. But, you know, I think the reason, as I say, I don't know, maybe in China the saloon car is the car to have still because Mm. of the chauffeur aspect of it. Uh, I'd like that. The rest of the world is is, is SUV mad for some SUV mad and and now tiny car mad because no one can afford to fill up. It's it's not getting better anytime soon. Although, it's really making it, it's a great boon for electric cars. Yeah, yeah, but you know, there's still the fact that electricity comes from somewhere. Well, and if they start making you pay for electricity at the the rate that it should be paid for, electricity is expensive. Yeah. If you're not paying subsidized rates. The UK gets some of its power from Europe. Imagine. So... Yeah, you know, like that's going to start, <laughs> yeah, dwindling soon. Yeah, because Europe gets some of its power from Russia. Yeah, and the Ukraine, and there you start closing down. Well, they, what was it, the second largest nuclear power plant was having some issues, and it supplied some ridiculous amount of electricity to continental Europe. Yeah, start closing that stuff down. You got an electric car. That's a big problem. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I honestly don't see. There's, there's not, nothing good coming of it. I mean, the, the only hopeful thing you can have is that people maybe stop using their cars for a little while and appreciate the fact that, hmm, there's more than just the financial cost of, of using this vehicle. Well, and, imagine, you know, stop using your car, start using more public transport. Imagine if there was viable public transport for you coming from where you live going to where you've got to take your kids on the school run because you know you're you're trapped in that 25 30 minute line to go through a couple of roundabouts three yeah <laughs> maybe a set of lights in there somewhere yeah and imagine if if you could just everyone could be hopping into a bus or a train or whatever i mean that would be a lot faster i mean you still have to get out somewhere and you'd still have to shepherd them and you'd still have to get to work but at least maybe if more people were using it and you were still driving, it would just be, it would just be a lot, it would be a lot better situation. Yeah. The, you've just got the, the whole, <clears throat> we save electricity and we save fuel. You've got to have the links in between the, yeah. the, 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 the stations, haven't you? That's the thing. Yeah. I mean, Etihad rail is literally two, three kilometers from our house. It goes past and there's going to be a station there, but you know, that doesn't really go anywhere for us, the train, unless we're going to go to the North of the country or the South right. of the country, which we would use it for. Definitely. Yeah. But then we've got to have bus routes that go from there, and and we're already hurting for taxis right now. That's a big yeah, big exactly. Challenge. And the, and the roads, drivers. the roads here weren't necessarily built with trains and trams in mind. Yeah. So everything's an afterthought, and everything has to be re re-engineered and and rethought out. And we we spoke about it a show or two ago about how town and city planning plays a massive massive role in fuel economy. 
for yeah. personal and oh, yeah. public transport. So all these things have to be thought about. And we've got Mazdar City in Abu Dhabi, somewhere I haven't been. I'd like to go. I've, I've watched a few documentaries around it. And, you know, it's, it's, it's planned out. There's AI semi-autonomous vehicles that pick you up and take you to where you're going and you know it, it, it's all very very futuristic and and low carbon if not zero maybe negative net by the time the everything is, is taken into account but that's an example of one thing yeah. you you can't just clear the table and rebuild everything people live in the houses people go to the schools the roads are already in use so do you then say, okay, there's the Neom development in Saudi Arabia now, which oh, is going to be yeah. huge. Right? So many times the size of Manhattan. Yeah. Well, it's in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> you would hope that it becomes self-sustainable, which is the plan, but it's also derived with working hours, school hours, um, fitting around the most efficient use of the roads. Oh, and that's, that's expo site after the 15 minute city. Yeah. That they've built. Everything's within 15 minutes of where you live by foot, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these these are expos, a good example for closer to home for us, where when it's done and everything disappears, there's a perfectly well-built blank canvas there to then say, okay, let's make it work. Yeah. Let's figure out times for people to work, times for schools to be open, what zones have this and that, and make it as efficient as we can because I, there's massive savings to be made on, oh, on carbon emissions and, yeah. and cost. Yeah. I, I always, you know, back to the expo site, I'm curious what's underground because you see all of the drive areas where you can go underneath and there's yeah. access points, whether that's for parking or mm. subterranean level that's not open to the public at this point. I, I'm just curious. It just reminds me of a big Disney with all sorts of catacombs <laughs> down there. So yeah, it'd be kind of cool. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, and it's yeah. Just, but it, you know, it requires that change of lifestyle. Do I want to get rid of my vehicle? And you know, we you listen to Shazad Sheikh, brown car guy. If you're not listening, by the way, if you're not listening to him or watching him, he's got over a million downloads on his YouTube channel right now, and he's he pumps out content like it's you know, yeah dust bunnies, man. That guy's generating, and it's crazy, and it's all all really relevant. Uh, you know, the big thing is, you know, do, what, what do we want in cars now? And what's changed? And if we kind of get rid of them, they just become that, not luxury, but that thing that's very bespoke, very special. That's going to change everything. It, it, it takes a total mind shift to do that. Yeah, I think obviously it might sound counterproductive for me, the owner of a garage that fixes cars, talking about people not using them as much. But actually what it does is it, it makes people what, what we would actually want is that people that just treat a vehicle as a shuttle yeah. to and from work to and from school whatever it may be well they're they're, they're in generally they're, they're owning a vehicle that they don't really buy because of how it looks they, uh-huh. they, or how it makes them feel they buy it because it does them a job which is fine exactly no problem with that but in terms of the people that will continue to use the cars, they'll, they'll love their cars. And, and then yeah. that, that means they'll be wanting them maintained and they'll be wanting them repaired. And, and they'll want people that do the job properly to be doing that. So I have no problem with saying out loud that people should be trying to use their cars less. You know, I've got young children and got to look after the planet. And there's, there's a whole lot of responsibility on the shoulders of, of everybody now to make sure it, we don't screw it up any worse than we already have. Yeah. But at the same time, there is no reason with the with the space and land that we have that we can't do things better. Like in in not far from where I where I'm from in the UK, and, and there was a coal mine in town called um, Arkwright, and it subsided because of the coal mines underneath. So they built them a new town All right. next to it and moved everyone. Well. Oh, I'm not saying that we knock everything down, and, but if we if we start developing for a more efficient use of towns and cities, areas and locales would have their own schools, they would have their own hospitals, they would have their own shopping malls, their own supermarkets, hypermarkets, whatever you want to call it. So there is less reason to go too far. Everything is walkable, and that makes sense to me. Yeah. And... This country, 
of any can do it. Yeah, exactly. We, we, we don't have the, and it is a weakness, and, and living here for 10 years, I know that. We don't have the weakness of every negative that comes with having an elected government. Yeah. Because after four or eight years or five or whatever years, the person in charge changes. So uh, f- what incentive do they have to get anything through? Yeah. That's gonna, you know, they, they don't need to be a Kennedy and say in 1960, well, we're going to go to the moon before the end of the decade. He, wasn't, he knew he wasn't going to be in power, <laughs> let alone alive. <laughs> yeah. But he yeah. still said it and did it, and yeah. people like that are few and far between. Yeah. And that's the, the impact of that speech. Is the, 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 the beauty of it is the fact that he knew he wasn't going to be in power to see it. He didn't know he wasn't going to be around, but he didn't know he was going to be in power. So he still made it and pushed the country on to do what they were doing. There's the political and all that around it with the Cold War and everything else, but they did it. Yeah. And we have a situation in our country here where you can say, well, let's just do it. Let's go and take a massive part of the desert and reclaim it for something, and then what we'll do is once we've, we've done that, the habitat that we've taken away, we'll, we'll repurpose some of the uh, older developments and, and, and do it the right way. There's no reason not to. And, and in terms of what we do is repair centres for cars, one of the biggest concerns for people is things like their fuel economy now because of the cost of fuel. Right. Yeah, and, no, everyone's talking about that. And if we just see people not using their cars for the sake of not being able to put 300 dirhams of petrol in now because it's, it's 100 more than it was two or three months ago, well, that's no good for us because mm-hmm. if they just stop using, they just stop using. But you can genuinely, we've talked about it, you can save 50% of fuel economy just by avoiding traffic. Yeah. So it's a massive, massive thing about what with what we do is is how towns and cities are built. Uh, yeah, it, staying on the, this this vein of you know keeping your vehicle, whatever it is that you like, you know, in, in tip top condition, and you know it, the days might be numbered and and things like that. I, I wanted to jump back into just some of the nuts and bolts yep. of vehicles, and it's it's start you know look. You're either you're either in a, a hemisphere where it's starting to warm up, or you're in a hemisphere where it's starting to cool down. And depending on how close you are to the equator, that heat is 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 happening at a, a more rapid or, or slower pace. Time to get your car serviced. It's like at the end of the, you know, whether you're heading into cold temperatures or warm. Yeah, temperatures, we're into the extremes again. Yeah, it's, it, and for us here, it happened overnight. Like you know, yesterday it was forty, and I'm going only yeah. ten more degrees, and I and I've hit my record because this year I'm going to fifty. <laughs> so we only made it to forty nine point five last year. I was half a you know just half a degree off, but I'm going to fifty this year. I I will be driving at fifty keep plenty of water in the car yeah <laughs> I, I i actually got waved out today guy in a pajero i thought there's something matter with my car at first because usually people don't drive up beside you and just wave you know and and, and give you the thumbs up because i you know i had the shirt and mask on and the you know the jeep yellow so it kind of stands out like a sore thumb yeah and he was just giving me hey you look awesome wave but i i truly did think there was a you know i, I wasn't calling was it in a pajero no no i was looking i was i thought maybe that is called at first i thought no calling no i was not calling yeah just some random guy just I don't know. I didn't recognize the person, but that's, there you I go. Know, so it was kind of cool. Uh, where was I going with that? Why did you, I... you were you were talking about getting vehicles checked before the weather gets hot oh, yeah, or cold. That's right. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Anyway, thank you for bringing me back on yeah. track there. Get your vehicle checked because I'm telling you, and this, the little things: get your tires checked. Yeah. Get your hoses checked. Get your coolant system checked because coolant is also helping for heat check all that stuff because as these temperatures fluctuate that's when hoses and connectors and tires and etc etc get under a little bit more stress yep. and they fail and they're yep. only going to fail when you really need them oh yeah yeah i mean look you've got one of the biggest things that temperature affects is your batteries yeah. Batteries are a massive thing when the weather gets cold or hot. Whichever way it goes, they're, they're affected. They're, they're, the heat adds resistance. The extreme cold adds resistance. There's there's a lot of battery issues this yeah. time of year. That's oh. just how it's going to be. I'm I'm good for batteries for another. Uh, I got I got twelve months on my batteries. But then I'm if good. you take if you take <laughs> the the extreme cold, the extreme heat, we deal with the extreme heat here. In the next couple of months, it's going to get seriously warm. Now. 
that adds pressure instantly overnight to your tires yeah. because the the heat increases the pressure and there's a there's a there's a, a danger of overpressurizing tires especially mm. if you're doing high mileage on the on the highway they start getting hot they the, get the pavement's hot they get higher and higher temperature and you yeah. can get two three four psi increase in tire pressures that's just a on a 10 15 kilometer drive you that's know that's a lot and that is a lot you know you're talking 10 to 15 percent of the of the recommended manufacturer's pressure increase just from a drive so yeah. you need to make sure they're set properly and, and and the reverse is applicable in the cold if you if you're getting into the extreme cold the pressure drops overnight as it cools down to the point where you could be damaging the tires when you set off yeah. so these things they are accounted for to a certain degree by manufacturers but not sufficiently enough that you don't have a responsibility on the car and that's why it's in the owner's manual yeah when you buy a car it's in the owner's manual to tell you how to look after the tires and it's it's just time get your car checked now this is the time to do it it's in yeah. fact you might be a little late just get get it done <laughs> yeah i mean one of the big big things here over the next few weeks is going to be ac there you go people are going to turn it on they haven't they, yeah you know, haven't been using it yeah. seals have dried up things have happened and now yeah. you don't need to yeah we're going to have the ac issue over the next few weeks and then that's going to be that till sort of september yeah and again servicing them while they're down is the time to do it get them in get them serviced one of the things people forget is there's oil in an ac system yeah. just like there is in an engine and you need to have that change when you have it done and, and don't just have someone just come over with a pressurized can and a and a hose off at the end of it and just blow a load of gas that's unquantifiable into the into the system it might make it blow cold for a little while but it ain't going to do you any any help no Long term, you're going to replace stuff eventually. Yeah. the The other thing that that sort of fires in there is, and another reason why you want to go and get your car, you know, serviced, is so that the technician can take a look at the belts. You got your drive yeah. belts, you got your fan belts, you got all of these belts that crack. They and you see them occasionally on the road. I saw, I've seen a couple of fan belts in the last couple of days on the side of the road, and I'm just going, yeah, there we go. Someone's uh, vehicle. Yeah clearly has been towed from around here and it's it's just you know it's getting warm and these things go under pressure and once you lose a belt well that's it your car's not working yeah i mean the fan belt the the, the term the term the phrase the name whatever you want to say about fan belt sort of been colloquialized as as any kind of drive belt on the engine mm. now originally it was called a fan belt because invariably it drove the fan run the fan so yeah. it just drove the fan and the so big, it's more like a, you've got a drive belt it's really not a fan belt anymore yeah there's not many vehicles now that still have a, a fan belt with a big viscous coupling which <laughs> you know stops the fan turning when the engine's cold yeah. and then lets it turn quicker when the engine's hot but the 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 drive belts on cars now they drive an ac compressor they drive an alternator sometimes still a water pump and power steering pump there's lots of things that that one belt so you you lose a belt you're done you can lose battery charging you can lose ac you can lose power steering and you can lose coolant circulation in one go i I know i've just said that i've seen more drive belts or whatever kind of belts there on the side of the road but generally speaking i don't see a lot of them are has the quality gotten better has the technology gotten better or those are pretty much a lot of them you know they are what they are, and they do have quite a margin for error. They'll start to crack and fall apart for a while before they totally fail, unless, I mean, the, a belt's biggest enemy is a seized component. So an idler yeah. pulley which directs it round a component or a tensioner pulley that directs it and keeps the belt tight or one of the components themselves, like an alternator pulley or a power steering pump. So there's a lot of things that actually could go wrong for a belt. Those things tend to seize, and then the belt slips and burns out and then melts and falls apart, rather than the belt just breaking. Yeah. The, the belt's under the most strain as you turn the engine on. As you start the engine, that's its highest point of stress when it goes from zero to 100 in a split second. That's that's kind of its time for strain. If it's in it's not invariably it's not going to break when it's Mm. turning you have a situation like we've just talked about where some people have turned off their ac while they're driving in the winter and then they go and press the button while they're sat in traffic it's getting hot in here close the windows and and press the ac (laughs) button now let's say you turn the ac on at the same time you're closing the electric windows 
that's a massive, massive current draw, which puts a lot of load on the alternator, which therefore puts a lot of load on the belt. You've also got the AC compressor putting load on the belt at the same time, and that's the time that you might start to hear squeals and squeaks and rattles from your belt. And then, you know, if one of those pulleys like the AC compressor because it's not been turned because it's an electromagnetic clutch... Yeah. On the old stuff, that can be when it throws a belt or, or, or seizes. Nice. So these are the times that, that the belts will start to break when they're under a lot more stress and strain. And you've also got the fact that, you know, we just talked about water pumps and, and AC and power steering and alternating. Now, when the water pumps, and not if, but when the water pumps start to leak. <laughs> oh, no. Power steering pumps start to leak. I don't even want, don't even leak, want to hear that word. Well, they can leak onto the belt. Exactly. The belts aren't designed to have coolant additive water or oil on them. Yeah. So then they start to degrade and they stick and they go all tacky and they fit, stick to the pulleys and then they'll 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 break then. Yeah. So there's it's, it's almost, you know, an imp- design by by design it's an imperfect system with yeah. with a but there is a, a service schedule and service interval on the drive belt it will be in the owner's manual or the service manual i would say anything between 100,000 and 200,000 kilometers is probably what you expect yeah so as preventative maintenance goes it's something we check on all of our services and and give a report on that condition Obviously, we can't predict a pulley season up. So you could have a service today and then a pulley season tomorrow. That's impossible to yeah. to predict. But we do check them. And it's very, very unusual that a belt fails because of the condition of the belt. Okay. Not unheard of, but very unusual. Mm. The other one, and I, I just, this one just came to mind because, again, fortunately or unfortunately, I've had a few windshields changed on vehicles. And, and the fortunate side of that is when I get the windshields changed, you get a nice clear windshield again, but otherwise the darn things scratch. And some mm. of that's just from blowing sand. Some of that's from stuff that's on the, the wiper blades when they, you know, when you lather it up with your washer fluid, but I'm always amazed at the fact that these windscreens scratch and I shouldn't be amazed because they're covered in a laminate. And yes, the laminate's really good, but as soon as you get some scratches on it, somewhere on that laminate, if you, especially at night, it's not so bad here because we have a lot of street lamps, but if, you know, in other countries at night you're on the highway where there's no lighting, it's brutal. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, when you've got cars coming the other way with bright lights on. Yeah. Um, headlights are way too bright on cars now. Oh, it's, it's gotten to, out of to control. To drive at night. It's gotten out of control. And especially, especially if you're in a, a saloon or a hatchback and then coming the other way is a big 4x4. Four four, yeah. Right in line with your eyes. Yeah, and they, if they hit an imperfection or a scratch oh. on the screen... You just dazzled. It's it's, yeah. it's a mess. But is there is there anything we can do aside from just changing the windscreen? You can buy the polish. You can okay. buy like a glass a windscreen polish. Does that, it work? Not bad. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's something I would recommend getting a professional to do before you have yeah. a go yourself, <laughs> because you yeah. might make it beyond repair. Yeah. Yeah. One of the issues with it, though, sometimes is that if it's just an area and you polish that, you're effectively polish is taking material away to make it smooth. Yeah. Sometimes you can leave a dip in it, okay. which again you then get glare from a from a, uh-huh. a, a an approaching headlight from another vehicle. But better than the, the scratches and the mess of scratches that you can get. Yeah. The one I didn't send you is I was on one of the tech sites and they were talking about how the price of night vision equipment for cars has really dramatically gone down yeah and and i was sort of thinking oh that's really good then i was thinking, well why wouldn't it a car is so full of sensors that this is just another piece of the puzzle and why wouldn't you want to have some night vision i mean it sounds like to me every everyone should have a little bit of pop-up night vision when they're driving especially if it's really dark i mean if you if you were to take the the example of a tesla with its huge screen inside there yeah and the fact that we've now, for a long time, we've had electrochromic glass where you can basically black it out or make it opaque or whatever you want to do with it. What, what, what's the reason that that it isn't a projected or digital redigitized image on the screen in front of you rather than the actual yeah. image itself? I mean, we've got mirrors in some vehicles now that are cameras, and you're you're not really looking yeah, at a mirror anymore. Yeah, and people are getting more and more used to that. I'm not saying I'd like it, and we've just had the whole chip situation that we've said, well, yeah. stop putting unnecessary things on there. But in terms of night driving, for for somebody like yourself from Canada, oh. 
you know, yeah. I mean, you have an argument with a moose while you're sat in a car, it's a game over, right? Yeah, but if you can't see because you've got a scratch screen or you've got a, it's, you're in the middle of a sto- snowstorm yeah. or whatever, if you've got night and thermal vision, thermal Imagine. imaging. And it, you know, it's already, it's got the AI, AI programming so that when it sees a, an animal off in the, you know, the, the quarter the mile S, away. The S class had that for, yeah. for, for two decades ago. A quarter yeah. mile away, it's tracking it. It's telling you, hey, there's an obstacle coming up. It's like, yeah. oh, good to know. Yeah, Mercedes had that on the S class. I remember seeing that maybe 25, 30 years ago. Well, you know what they say in Moose Jaw. You just go to the Canadian Tire and buy some uh, whistles there that they put on the front of the vehicles. Moose whistles or deer whistles. You don't, they don't make any sound that you can audibly hear, but you have these little cone things just up you know just sitting on your in, in the front of your car apparently keeps them away I don't nice know. i don't know everyone swears by them but just put you know just put your favorite track on windows <laughs> down full blast <laughs> let people know you're coming yeah <laughs> yeah I, I mean i don't know what the what yeah. the frequency of that sound's going to be but Me neither, if but it works it works i just like the idea of having a whole night vision tracking system in the car i think that'd be cool well, there's no reason not to have it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's another expense in terms of wiring and chips and screens and buttons and switches, And but it's a gimmick to sell a car. Yeah. And if you get the add-on version that I saw in this tech magazine, well, then it's it's another distraction because you're driving, but you're always looking at your night vision. So, <laughs> Well, this is why I'm thinking electrochromic glass and you've got yeah. a yeah, that would make sense. head-up display for speed and engine speed and temperature and you know people else. still use those things the, the head-up display you know anyone still using it don't quite a few of the cars now because okay. yeah. i yeah. see them in the cars but i just don't know i've gotten into cars yeah. where people aren't using that heads-up display anymore yeah i mean most of the most of the good ones so the the the, the german ones yeah. where they're projected onto the actual screen rather than right. a pop-up piece of plastic yeah. like you get in the mitsubishis and stuff <laughs> Th- those ones still in use okay. you know we had an rs7 in that still had it on and, right. it, and it was usable okay cool because so. i i just that's the best idea in the world i just love that idea uh, having a whole bunch of information right in front of your face because yeah. you're just driving you can see it and once you're used to it away you go yeah i think if you could i, th- I think the, the way it would be done and we i think it was the vw release of i think when they talked about the first before the id3 and the id4 came out they were talking about having google maps as um, augmented reality uh, okay. onto the actual windscreen. So cool. instead of looking at a map on the phone showing yeah. you where to go, it's going to actually project it onto the road. Cool, I could deal with that. And I've I've been, I think it was when I dropped a car off to John John Ellis. I think I dropped a car off there and I put Google Maps into to find somewhere. I was walking for some reason. I was walking somewhere and um, it asked me to scan the scenery and then it would and it did it put the augmented reality of the way i needed to walk so there's no reason you can't have that on a car it's again is there a bit of a distraction maybe for for you and i but people that are 16 now 17 18 right they kind of that's the world they live in right so it's second nature to them i do the test in one of my classes media literacy class and i'm talking to the students and you know what provoked the test the other day was my next door neighbor's got a 65 inch tv 4k 4k i'm just going and i'm thinking does anyone watch 4k video like really no but anyway 65 so then i'm talking to my students you know and i just i say you know my next door neighbor's got a new tv and they all want to know where right where it's like and I say, uh, oh, but you've all got big screen TVs in your homes. And once, oh, yeah, we just put in a cinema in our house. And we've just remodeled them. We'll put in a cinema. And I'm thinking, nice. Oh, really nice. And I'm going, and then I say, so how many of you, and I just raise a hands, how many of you actually watch your Netflix, your YouTube on your home television that's, you know, 60 inches or so? No one puts up their hands. So where are you watching all your content? computer and phone yeah it's like what's, yeah. what's what's the point do you know what right so i i there's a there's an amazing place that i found through instagram on in the global village uh-huh 10 years in never been have you been yes i haven't been this year 10 years in never been so you, you gotta go i know to we've got to go truck we keep show with the kids there's just a monster, what there's monster truck show there well I, it's a stunt show i didn't know about this oh yeah well, I'm sold on it then. They had anyway, buggies and I, I, I don't think it's actually monster. There was a big truck one time, but I think it's more. Uh, I think they were using Ford Mustangs in this thing, and they were doing you know nice, monster, yeah, 
better at night. It's even better because yeah, there's you know, cool. lots of lights. I'm sure that's still on. Well, through Instagram, I found it. So I've still never been, but I purchased something from there. And in the Japan cluster, there was a shop called Retros. Uh-huh. And they got like loads of 80s and 90s games consoles. Okay. So I bought a Nintendo 64 because like yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I had the Mega Drive. I think it was called the Genesis in North America. And then I bought a Nintendo 64. That was like my first proper desired games console the mega drive was sort of given to me when i was seven right here you go it's like a big ad campaign in the uk and like there you go and i was like what do i do with this don't yeah. even know what it was sonic because i all i did was play football and went to school <laughs> okay sonic. so anyway got this nintendo 64 amazing got all the adapters to get the red white and yeah. the rca outputs and inputs yeah. and put it in through an hdmi cable and oh yeah amazing the screen's too big on my TV. I haven't got a small TV. So I managed to reformat. Got, we got a 42-inch Samsung that was in downstairs in like the kids' playroom so when they want to watch Netflix or whatever. I managed to reformat the screen to real small, so it's probably like 17 inches or something yeah, stupid. Exactly and they've managed to... And it's great. You can play it, but the TV's a complete waste. But you, where do you buy a small TV now? Nowhere. Nowhere. You can't use anything. No. Nowhere. I haven't physically been to the shop, but then I'm like on the Instagram thinking, oh, they got this, I've seen video. And they've got an old tube TV, an old square, like I used to have when I played on the Nintendo yeah. when it was like the new See, console. Yeah, there we go. But, you know, the the we have to keep going forward, I guess was my point there. You, you yeah. can't, and if we're going to have screens, I don't need, although I've used it because it's funny, but I don't need my Tesla to fart. I don't need it to break yeah. wind for me. Yeah. It's funny, but it's I funny. don't need that. But take that off, put night vision or and they might already have it on there. Yeah. Put thermal imaging on it. I, yeah, I guess it's got to be there. They just have to flick a switch, right? And have that on a heads-up display and have it so that, you know, th- th- that is far more valuable, I think, than, than, than a lot of the things that are, that are currently in use. You know, you know what I love? Every time when you start it up, Elon Musk appears in front and goes, Hello! Hello, hello from Mars, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all I want him to do. I just want him to come out, you know, South African dude, right? Come out. He's He's got his bry apron on. He's got some Boervoorhis in one hand. He's got some Kook sisters in the other. And he just looks at you with a big smile when you start it up and his projector. Hello! Maybe you can have that on there. <laughs> you know, maybe we don't do, maybe we have James Pikeway doing it. <laughs> I, you know, do the dance. I did one today. Anyway, there you go. <laughs> On that note, we're, we're digressing very quickly. Uh, congratulations on 100 podcasts and counting. This, this is a great feat. Really excited. Coming to you from the podcast studio at the Rove Hotel downtown Dubai. This is PowerWorks, the podcast. Glenn Power, answering your questions, giving you insights, informative, educational, and entertaining, all in one package. It's the ultimate podcast, and it's called PowerWorks. Talk to you again soon. Thank you. Thank you.